Welcome to Share Truth Apply Scripture. I am Jordan Shambly, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only, the great Cedra Sarton. <laughs> what are you about to ask me for? I feel like you're sucking up. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gassing you up a bit so that you, you, now you have to be great, right? I have to be you great. You have to be, have high I've expectations. I've disappointed a lot of people. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't do that to me. No, it's, it's, it's all good. Pressure. Hey, look, every episode, always a pleasure to work with you. Just got to say. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. I will let that go <laughs> to my head. That is my, my one yeah. nice thing that I say to you for the week. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, if you want to know more about us, mm-hmm. you can go to afa.net slash the stand where you can see articles that we posted, or you can go to afr.net to check out this podcast if you want to yeah. listen to past episodes. And there's so much content out there. We now have four pages in our printed magazine yes. here at AFA mm-hmm. called The Stand Magazine, formerly the AFA Journal. Yeah. Um, so there are four pages of engaged content that goes out each month. And we're in the works of creating a full magazine it's devoted happening. to engaged content. Yeah. So we will continue to put you know put that out for the ones who are looking for yeah, that. Yeah, keep an eye out for that January next year. It'll be about mid-January that it'll appear in your home. Yep. So keep a lookout. It'll It's coming to you. Um Speaking of things that we've done before and we continue to do, yep, um, we this think is they're super important. Yes, this is a super exciting um, day uh, because we're kicking off the Orange Letter campaign. Yeah, the Orange Letter campaign, guys. If you haven't heard of this before, if you're kind of new to Engage, um, this is something that we do every year where we try to encourage our audience and and people, the audience of AFA to write letters to persecuted Christians and missionaries all around the world. Yeah. So a brief history for the yes. ones who have not um, who've not joined in. Uh, we started this several years ago, mm-hmm. um, and it's called the Orange Letter Campaign, sort of in memory of 21 Christians that were beheaded on a beach. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people saw that. Uh, that video it happened in Egypt yes. correct mm-hmm. and so we pulled from that because they were wearing these orange jumpsuits and mm-hmm. they but they stood their ground they they would not renounce their faith mm-hmm. even facing death and so that year we were able to actually send letters to their families um, that were left behind and just each year we've been able to pick up and just kind of shine a light on different areas and um, and it's just been it's been great so yeah. Yeah, and and part of why this is so great is we get to work with Global Outreach International, and to talk a little bit about that, we have in studio with us the CEO of Global Outreach International, John Darnell. Hey guys, it's great to join you. Welcome back. We look for those friends in high places. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm just glad you didn't introduce me as great like you did, Cedra, or the one, the only. I don't know. I I can go back and do that. No, no, don't. I don't want the pressure. We're going to clip that out and we're going to put that all over the place. Right, yeah. Every time, yeah, you're just going to copy paste (laughs) it right there. Yeah, but uh, so thanks for joining us today. Um, This is something that we always look forward to working with you guys. and it's such an encouragement, too, because uh, not only do we get to work with you guys and, and, and send these letters out, but through you, we, we also get that feedback of, okay, these letters went out. Here's some of the impact that, that came back from that. And um, that's honestly one of the greatest encouragements that I've had from this, uh, this project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, to be in the same city in mm-hmm. Mississippi with you guys oh, yeah. is a really neat thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, people often comment, there's so many ministries here in Tupelo reaching out mm-hmm. across the world, across the U.S., like Eight Days of Hope, and you guys right. and us at Global Outreach. And, you know, we want to see this good news of Jesus go to the ends of the earth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And our missionaries, so we have about 250 missionaries in 40-plus countries around the world as a missions organization. We're meeting physical needs to open the door for the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we as we think about this partnership, one, one of our key roles is encouraging those missionaries on the front lines yeah. who are really taking the brunt of mm-hmm. growing the church. Like if you read Acts, the opposition is real, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes in the States we miss that in, in a lot of ways. Like what does it mean to lose everything for my faith or lose my life or be persecuted? And so for you guys to have the vision to come alongside believers or missionaries or national believers, wherever they are, to encourage them, it's, I think it's a God-given vision. Mm-hmm. And the, the feedback has been tremendous over the years of the encouragement. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, for those who are listening who might not be familiar with uh, Global Outreach International, why don't you give a little rundown of uh, who you guys are and what you do? Yeah. So as a missions agency, we help recruit, train, and send missionaries, meaning people who feel called to leave where they live, you know, leave wherever they are, their home, and to go take the good news of Jesus to a place that isn't their culture, that isn't their home, mm-hmm. you know. And we want missionaries that are, if you can imagine, the tip of the spear piercing the darkness, mm-hmm. these places where the gospel hasn't gone yet. And we also want people who are going to finish the task. Mm-hmm. So those people that come along afterwards and and teach them to observe everything I've commanded you, that other yeah. part of the Great Commission that that sometimes we we neglect. So we have people that are in Turkey, in a place where really people don't know Jesus, mm-hmm. that tip of the spear mentality. And we have people that are caring for orphans in Uganda, people that are training youth in Ethiopia, you know, doing pastoral training in Jinji, Uganda. So there's a variety of things, but it's it's mm-hmm. all geared around meeting some sort of need that's there yeah. to just like Jesus did, right? Mm-hmm. He went and he healed the sick and he helped the poor. Right. And he announced the good news of the coming of his kingdom. Mm-hmm. So it's not original to us, right? We're just trying to follow the example of yes. Jesus in that. And you're Absolutely. speaking from experience because you've been on that mission field before you came back to Tupelo and, and took the position you have now. You and your family, like you you took your family and y'all uh, went and ministered to people for a while. I mean, Yeah. Well, so we were in Ecuador and we were gone for about five years mm-hmm. and... My oldest was five months old when we moved to the field. My youngest was born in Quito. Yeah. And I tell you, it was it was a difficult thing. It was a beautiful thing. Um, a lot of sweet friends we missed there. But just getting to see the people and what they go through and the challenges that they have mm. and to see the good news of Jesus. I think sometimes we really forget that, guys. Like, this is really good news. Mm-hmm that it won't always be this way. Mm-hmm. So whatever yeah. you're going through, like to remember, hey, it's not always going to be like this. And that's what I love about this Orange Letter campaign mm-hmm. is, is that reminder in in mass, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, the reason we can share scripture and the reason we can write and encourage you because we have eternal hope in Jesus. Right. And, you know, for the persecuted church, yeah, they can take your body, but there's this really great deal God's worked out for us. He's mm-hmm. going to give us a new one. Yeah. <laughs> You know, right, like yeah. take that, you know, yeah, exactly. So obviously wow. there's a lot of hard things between here mm-hmm. and there, but this, this good news mm-hmm. that it won't always be this way. And yeah. that reminder of the gospel is a beautiful wow. thing. Yeah. 
And if you're wanting to get plugged in Mm -hmm. and you want to participate in this campaign, it opens October the 24th. That first thing Monday, you'll be able to go to engagemagazine.net and it'll walk you through how to write your letter and you can submit all that information. And this year, we've decided, uh, along working with our graphic designers, mm-hmm. that it might be nice for you guys to get something nice, something in return. And so mm-hmm. we have a sticker pack. I've seen the stickers. They look really cool. I think everybody <laughs> likes stickers, even adults. We love stickers. Everybody loves stickers. <laughs> you can put them, and a lot of people put them on their laptops, on their right. water bottles, wherever you want to put them, um, and carry those with you. So you will receive one of those in the mm-hmm. mail which is you know not you know it's a nice little reminder Mm -hmm. and then when you look at those stickers wherever you put them you can take a moment you can remember those missionaries and christians all over the world and just take a moment and pray over them but if you want to get plugged in with a ministry um you can always go to globaloutreach.org am i correct right i'm doing good i'm getting thumbs up (laughs) you're you're nailing it (laughs) And if you want to, uh, if you have prayed about it and you feel God leading you to maybe uh, be on the mission field, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's a good place to look, browse around and see what they're about. Or if you want to be able to give to someone who's mm-hmm. already on the mission field. And, and I will say um, something about Global that I do appreciate is that uh, 100% of the money that these mm-hmm. missionaries raise, they keep that money. Mm-hmm. And Global themselves, you do your own fundraisers. Right. Um, to raise your own money. Mm-hmm. So you could give, either way, you could give to the ministry so they continue what they're doing for the missionaries, or you can give to a missionary right. directly and know that what you give, they keep. Yeah, absolutely. How yeah. to do. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, you're hired. We're actually, I'm going to take Citra with me when we leave here today. I'll send you the That's, transcript. You can put that on your website. Yeah. It's like the About Us or whatever. I'm yeah. going to pull that clip right there, and if anybody tries something with me around here, and they're like, we don't know about your position, I'll be like, hey, hey. <laughs> Somebody she can might, say things. Someone might snatch me. No, I'm just kidding. That's I'm right. just kidding. I, I think that um, what, what you were saying earlier about uh, the, the hope that we're able to share, uh, that's a very powerful thing because I think it, it, in our society, in our culture, especially in the South, the, the Bible Belt, right? Th- those kind of words, the gospel really can kind of fall on like hardened ears a lot mm-hmm. where it's like, Yes, we've heard these words before. It's our culture here. There's a church on every corner. Exactly. Everybody, yeah. Most people go to church. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to think you're crazy if you yeah. go to church. Yeah, and so if we've never experienced what a lot of these people have experienced, whether they're missionaries or just uh, Christians who are native to another place, um, it's hard for us to understand the, the impact that just a simple, you know, hey, we're in this other country and we're praying for you and we're, we're standing with you in your struggle or we're, we're sending you this encouragement. Um, and I know we, we've had conversations in the past where we've brought up stories about missionaries and, and uh, people in other countries who have received these kinds of letters and encouragement. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means for, for a missionary, but also for a Christian just yeah. living in there? Yeah, for sure. You know, something that, it, if you watch the news, you know there's always there's always things going on around the world. You don't need to watch the news too long. It's hard <laughs> to handle that much news. But mm-hmm. you you watch the news, and I'll I'll give you an example from um, this past this past week. We have missionaries serving in Haiti, and if you've paid attention, you know they've essentially said, "Hey, you win, somebody help us because mm-hmm. we're overrun mm-hmm. with the gangs." Yeah, and you know. We got a minor dose of it in terms of shutdowns with COVID, in terms of inconvenience and and that sort of thing. But imagine you you need generators to have electricity, mm-hmm. but you can't leave the compound to go get fuel because there's been strikes and embargoes, and they won't sell fuel. 
Mm. So you're counting down the days, like you know how many days you have left of fuel, which means you won't have electricity, which means you won't have internet, Mm -hmm. which means you won't have any communication, any call for help, Mm. and the bullets are whizzing over the walls Mm -hmm. of your compound. And so we had a we we had a missionary reach out to us last week, and they are friends with the seventeen who were kidnapped last year. If you remember that right. happening yeah. in Haiti, and so you just think, man, this is this is a lot. You know, there's fighting outside the walls of the compound where they live, and they don't want to leave. Mm. They do they do a lot of water projects and and some different things around because it's, I mean, John chapter four. Mm. You know, the story of you know. Jesus in the living water is such a powerful example of, of who Jesus is. They're saying, we don't want to leave the people. Like the, the missionaries aren't forced to be there. You know, they're making a choice and they're essentially living in a war zone. And so just imagine that. I mean, it's hard for us to imagine. It's hard to wrap our mind around it. And another one would be in Northern Ethiopia. Another thing you might've seen in the news, the Tigray region we have some missionaries there who work with street kids. So they're essentially taking in boys and they're part of the family and they're, and they're working to help get them an education. And, and in that conflict in Ethiopia, the, the Ethiopian government, uh, the military planes were taking off from their town. So imagine it, like you live in the town where the jets are taking off and flying 50 miles and bombing and coming back. And, we sitting here, you know, we're risk averse, right? Um, we're like, hey, things about time for you to not yeah. be there anymore. Yeah. You know? yeah, this is getting kind of risky. And they're like, we we can't leave the boys. <clears throat> mm. yeah. You know, we we just can't. You know, and here's how we'll know it's time to leave. And and so you you have this calling from the Lord to be in a place. You have the biblical reality that that this world is broken. Mm-hmm. And the very reason they're going there to take Jesus is because it's broken, not because everybody loves Jesus and it's a peaceful place, mm-hmm. right? So there's inherent risk. And so whether it's, we've used a couple of examples of war, but it costs something. You know, Jesus said, who sets out to build a tower and doesn't sit down and count the cost? And so you have people who have counted the cost, but even so, even knowing it was going to be hard, it's it's even harder mm-hmm. than you can imagine and so as you think about that and you, the listener, as you think about a way to encourage, I would just say, you know, seek the Lord and ask the Lord, Lord, what what do I, what would you have me say? What mm-hmm. verse, maybe it's a verse or these aren't hollow words. You know, this right. is God's word that I believe he can use to work and encourage. So you have the missionary side. Now, man, <laughs> I, I might, you know, sometimes we do these and we're on camera and we're live streaming mm-hmm. it. And I, I, you won't see the tears in our eyes as we talk about these things. But counting the cost just means something totally different for somebody in Ethiopia or in Egypt or you think in either northeastern Africa, eastern Africa. You know, I, I read this, some of our missionary stories. You know, some of our missionaries work in seminaries. So we have one who's a professor at Tyndale Seminary in um, the Netherlands. And he he was sharing the story of David, who was from Africa and had come and studied the seminary, was well equipped to go back and take make disciples, plant churches, and essentially three hundred radicals from the majority religious group beat him up and put him in prison, and he's still in prison. Mm. You know, so you have a wife and a kid who at least one who 
you know, they don't have a father, they don't have any source of income. That's that's not what we think of from an American sense of going to seminary. Like that's not the path. You know, yeah. in the US it's yeah. like I went to seminary and I was a youth pastor for three years and then I took over my own church and it's like this whole different experience. Mm-hmm. But man, what must that mom be feeling? Mm-hmm. Or the son, like sometimes I, I even think, Lord, what what example is this of you mm-hmm. that you're sh- I mean, what does this kid think? Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. God is good, and sometimes it's hard to reconcile his goodness and these horrible things that happen, but we can be comforted by a Savior who also experienced those mm, things, right? Absolutely. And Hebrews tells us that, that Jesus suffered these things, and he can help us in anything because he experienced all. And so um, you have uh, we have a missionary, and I, I won't mention her name because she asked us not to, but she works with students in Africa, and that's his, his speci- we'll say East Africa, and that's as specific as we we mm-hmm. wanted to be but she was here this summer and then i talked to her a couple of months ago and 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 the organization she works with they organize these big youth conferences essentially equipping college students to take the gospel back to their families and so they have thousands of students that they work with and they have like these 85 staff members who are on campuses but one cost that may surprise you so you have like the religious persecution that maybe there's a Muslim region or something like that, that we, we can wrap our heads around that. It's hard for a Christian family mm. who has sacrificed to get one mm. of their kids to college. Maybe it's the first kid they've ever, you know, ever has the first person in their family to ever go to college. And that person goes to college and says, Hey, I don't actually want it to be an engineer. I don't want to be a doctor. I want to mm. be an evangelist. I want to work with this organization. And that means we're not, I'm not going to be this like breadwinner for our whole family in the same way. So a lot of students, when they make that decision, they lose their families. Yeah. You know, Mm. so they're, you know, 20 something year old orphans in a way because Mm -hmm. of the shame that brings their family because they're not doing, they're not being that breadwinner. Mm. So imagine you want to be faithful to God's call, but even that again, counting the cost, you now, you don't have a family. So, I just share some of these stories with you guys because you have believers who, to be honest about their faith, they lose a family, you know, they lose their family. If they're Muslim, honor killing is still a thing, Yeah, you know? Um, I, another, some of our new missionaries who are physicians in Africa <clears throat> live in an all-Muslim village, and there's a nurse at the hospital that's a Christian, and she was doing language lessons with them as their tutor, and she probed around and figured out they were Christians and then was able to confide in them mm. that she's a Christian, but she can't tell anybody. Yeah. So she's been a Christian for several years, and their church is essentially these two physicians, their daughter who lives with them and the nurse mm. is essentially the local congregation. She has to do language lessons to have permission to even be in fellowship with believers. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And well, so I just, I just share. And, and she's like, I want to, I want to be honest about who I am and what God's doing, but that's immediate death for me. Yeah. So the question is, do we help her with religious asylum? Do you get her to another country and all those sorts of things so that she can be public about her faith and yeah. walk with the Lord in an open way. So hopefully some of these stories help create a picture of people who 
love the Lord and they've they've experienced this good news about Jesus, but yeah. it means that maybe they don't have a relationship with their mom and dad anymore and that hurts or they won't see their brother and sister again and that hurts or, mm. you know, due to war and conflict, the calling that they have has them in harm's way every day and they, they just have to trust the Lord every day with their protection. Like, Lord, you're my shield and my defender. It's like reading an Old Testament story mm. You know, like it's Gideon or something, you know, yeah. like, Lord, how can I be in the midst of this battle? Who am I? And our missionaries don't feel like superheroes, I promise you. Sometimes we think missionaries are superheroes, but <laughs> none of them feel that way. They mm-hmm. think, Lord, who am I to be in the midst of this? And I just want to be faithful to what you've called me to be faithful to. So mm-hmm. hopefully some of those images help you as you yeah. read your own work, as you read the Bible and as you pray, listener, about how to write a letter yeah. and encourage some of the people in these situations. Yeah. Well, I know that. Oh, well, I just know that. You know, it really puts things into perspective. Mm. When I get up on a Sunday morning and I think I do not want to get up, mm-hmm. I don't want to get up and get dressed and get ready and go to church. I want to sleep. You know, and and now I'm over here listening to you, and I'm kicking myself <laughs> a little bit because yeah. that happens. Uh, that happens sometimes, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the thing is, is I can get up in the morning and mm-hmm. I can openly go and meet with the body believers and I have to pass a hundred other body, like other mm-hmm. churches mm-hmm. on the way there where people gather and worship together every Sunday and Wednesday. And then, and then just throughout the year, anytime they want to, they can gather and they can meet and, um, like that really, that really, uh, shows you how blessed we are. Yeah. Uh, the ones for the ones of us who in this area, especially. And so uh, I just want to encourage everybody. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what to say in your letter, it it doesn't have to, you don't have to have some profound yeah. inspirational message that, that, you know, that could be put in a book, you know, just a few words of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you, if you don't know what to say, yeah. um, I would encourage people to take uh, the time between now and when you write your letter though, in prayer, Yes. Um, ask God for the words and, um, and then, you know, start putting them down. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a good thing to also get your kids involved in yeah. and oh, stuff. Absolutely. It's a good lesson for them to know, uh, know about what's going on around the world. So, and especially uh, what, Thank you so much for sharing those stories too, because uh, something that I was thinking is this kind of campaign, sometimes I tend to think of it as, okay, this is an opportunity for Christians who listen to us, who read our articles and, you know, follow AFA to reach out and encourage other believers. But really there's a ministry that kind of comes back to us because hearing about the count, the, the cost of following Christ openly or even secretly in other countries um, really brings home how much he is worth, you know, and how much, how privileged we are to have a relationship with him. And I don't, I, I don't know. This is something that I don't think we, we don't have to do as much here is to count that cost, but it's worth that cost. Thank Man, thank you for saying that. One one of my friends at work who he and his family were missionaries in the Middle East for ten years and they moved back about the time we did, six years ago, and there's still I mean say ramifications or consequences mm-hmm. of living somewhere else for ten years, whether it's family or 
how it impacts your kids, mm-hmm. you know, for missionaries. Like, man, my kids miss this, this, and this. Yeah. And not superficial stuff. You know, really challenging things of, of not being near family. And some of it is superficial and it still hurts, you know. But we talk about those things. And we, exactly what you said, Jordan, at the end of the day, what we have to remember how beautiful he is, mm-hmm. how good he is, and that he is worth it. Yeah. Jesus is worth it. And when you don't have to give up a lot, I don't, honestly. Living in Tupelo, mm-hmm. and we love where we go to church, you know, like when you don't have to give up a lot to get something, you know, it it's doesn't feel as valuable. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But when it costs so much, we think, oh, wow, that's really valuable. That's something that has value. And I hope that we can continue to treasure Jesus and mm-hmm. realize that he is worth it yeah he's worth the sacrifice yeah it's the pearl of greatest price that jesus himself talked about when uh, a man finds a field and he finds a treasure in a field he goes home and sells everything so that he can buy that field and even in a country like ours where we are blessed and i think that shouldn't be a a a, um, source of shame or embarrassment that thank be thankful um but we still do there is a cost and it's not it's not it's different um, but we have to decide every day when we wake up that, okay, I'm not going to live for myself. I'm not going to resign myself to the ease of where I live. I'm going to f- face the challenges of today. I'm going to kill the sin in my life. You know, I'm going to follow after Jesus. It's different challenges, but it's the same cost. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm thankful to be able to work with you um, on this Orange Letter campaign because it's a double-sided thing. We we can encourage others who are going through things that we can barely imagine, but at the same time, it's an encouragement to us. And I hope that's um, something that our listeners and people who take part in this uh, can take away from that as well. Yeah. Well, we just have another minute here. Yeah. So I just want to remind everybody that if you want to participate in the Orange Letter campaign, please go to engagemagazine.net. Mm-hmm. And they're beginning on October the 24th. There will be all the stuff for you to fill out, send in your letter, Mm -hmm. super easy. The deadline is November the 4th. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and write that down to get your letter in no later than November the 4th. Get your family and friends involved as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, John, for being on with us today. Thank you so much for continuing to partner with us. I mean, Mm -hmm. the I guess we're over thousands at this point of letters in partnership with you guys Mm -hmm. that we've seen your listeners engage with our missionaries, engage with the global church and encourage Mm -hmm. and you know that is a spiritual gift yeah right so thank you for using your gift Mm -hmm. thank you for praying and thank you for partnering with global outreach we really appreciate it well it's been an honor and privilege and uh guys if y'all want to find out more about global outreach international you can go to globaloutreach.org and uh read on uh what they do and uh how you can uh give to them and bless them in return and until next week everybody continue to share truth and apply scripture 